Hi, I'm Garth Tanner. I'm Jamie Wincup. I'm Lee Holdsworth. I'm James Courtney. We're the Forex Angels, and you're listening to the VA Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now here's your host, Craig Revell. Will the New South Wales election put an end to Homebush? Will new qualifying rules slow down the field? And Mother Energy Drink Racing gets a lion on the line. That's all coming up today as the red lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. This news update is brought to you by V8X Magazine. Log on to the official V8X Magazine Facebook page for your chance to win some great prizes. Could the Sydney 500 be in jeopardy? The Daily Telegraph reported this week that Liberal government is committed to not renewing the contract for the event. The candidate for Auburn, Ned Addy, has told the Save the Olympic Park No V8 committee that they would scrap the Homebush Bay event, saying that a Liberal government would prefer the series to run at Eastern Creek. A Daily Telegraph online poll asking should the event be moved to Eastern Creek was running at 56% yes and 44% no. Over 150 comments were posted on the story with the majority in favour of the Homebush event. Don't forget you can have your say, the official V8X magazine Facebook homepage or at v8insiders.com.au. David Reynolds has told the V8 Insiders that he doesn't think the changes to the qualifying rules that will see a driver who brings out a red flag excluded from the session, thus forcing them to start at the rear of the field, will be that big a deal. No, that's a that's a pretty fair fair result, I think. Pays not to go too hard, I think. Won't that in fact slow qualifying down in some respects? Oh not really. I'll still be trying hundred percent. That's our job is to stay on the track. Chad Moser and Nash Walsh have launched their new rides for Miles Racing in the Fujitsu Series. Simpro coming on board for the season, along with Master Electricians and East Coast Traffic Control. Moser, with the 2010 Formula Ford champion, will drive the number 10, whilst Walsh will drive the number 90. Irishman Richard Lyons will be joining Mother Energy Drinks Racing for the season of endurance. Lyons, who formerly partnered Alan Simonson at Triple Eight, is looking forward to the challenge of working with the first-year team. Tickets for the Hamilton 400 went on sale just as the news of another earthquake affecting Christchurch was at hand. David Reynolds, who t- David Reynolds, whose teammate Greg Murphy is currently in New Zealand for promotional commitments, said his thoughts were with the Christchurch people. Shame to hear about the earthquakes that's going on in Christchurch. Uh, lovely city. I've been there, raced there a few times at Ruapuna. Will Davison hot on here the heels of his Essendon debut last weekend at a celebrity halftime game has also launched his brand new website, www.willdavison.com.au. 
Meanwhile, Alex Davison, he's confident he'll be able to repeat his podium performance throughout the rest of the season. Halfway through last year at some of the races where we weren't going that well, if you thought, oh, tomorrow you're going to be on the podium... I would have been jumping in the air for joy, but now we've done it. I'm disappointed I didn't win the race. Davison and his Stone Brothers teammate Shane Van Gisbergen currently sit second and third in the championship. Formula One cars on the mountain look a step closer with the Bathurst City Council approving Vodafone's application for a promotional event. And that's the news on the V8 Insiders. After the break, Peter Norton and Lachlan Mansell will join me. Then later, David Reynolds talks about fitness for V8 supercar drivers. News on the V8 Insiders is brought to you by the official V8X Magazine Facebook page. Sign up and keep in touch with V8 Supercars. Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You've watched the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. The views expressed on V8 Insiders, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect those of the network, Thunder Media, sportradio.com.au or V8X Magazine. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Hi, I'm Jason Richards. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Joining us this week from Motorsport E-News, it is Lachlan Mansell. Good evening, Lockie. Good evening, Craig. And from Inside Motorsport, it's Peter Norton. Good evening, Craig and Lockie. Hey, it's been an interesting time in motorsport when you wake up on Tuesday morning to the headlines that the Liberal Party, if they get into New South Wales office, is going to can the event. Now, Lockie, you're a New South Welshman, the only New South Welshman among us. What's going on here? You can't possibly imagine an event that has been so successful at bringing uh, people into the heart of Sydney is going to be uh, turned away at the end of its first contract. Surely not. Yeah, I think uh, what's happened this morning needs to be taken in context. The Liberal candidate for the particular electorate where the Homebush Street race was held was addressing a special interest group, which was the um, basically the interest group that wanted to get rid of V8 supercars from the Homebush Street circuit. Um, the Liberal Party, or it's actually the um, Shadow Minister for Major Events, George Suris, who's actually a member of the National Party, which... Uh, is, of course, in coalition with the Liberal Party, came out with a statement this morning just to clarify that uh, if the coalition wins government in March, which is very likely that uh, they will see out the contract, the Homebush Street Race, which finishes in 2013, and then they'll renegotiate to see what happens to the event from there. Peter, we've seen what happens when governments change and street race contracts are cancelled. Basically, you end up paying for it without any event. Uh, yes, Craig, uh, the residents of the ACT saw loud and clear what happens when you cancel mid-contract for a V8 supercar event, and uh, fair enough too, they're the terms of the contract, and uh, you, know, you either you know, fulfil your obligations or you have to pay through the nose, so uh, it's good that Karma Heads are prevailing on, on this uh, debate of the Sydney event uh, to make sure that they uh, see out the initial contract at least. And as you would do in any uh, contract, you would see how successful it's been before you sign up for some more. 
the important thing here to remember is that it is political jockeying, Lockie, because they've got a white elephant called Eastern Creek, which, although it's very, very busy with corporate and club events, it doesn't have anything that gets the people there en masse. That's true, Craig, but having said that, I will get off the fence. I was never a fan of the Homebush Street race to begin with. I felt that the money would have been better spent by the state government on upgrading Eastern Creek, maybe making it a bit more user-friendly for the fans, upgrading the transport to allow easier access for race fans. The reason being that whereas Homebush can only be used once a year for the one event, the V8 supercars, Eastern Creek can be used year-round, not just for motorsport, but for other functions like driver training, and therefore, from a political perspective, it's serving a wider section of the community. So I thought that would have been a more sensible option for the state government to spend its money on. But uh, as we've seen, unfortunately, over the last 16 years, not a lot of sensible decisions have been made by the New South Wales state government. But, Peter, it's a critical one. Fiat supercars don't want to go to Eastern Creek... So the government was either going to get money from hiring out Homebush for four days, of which, you know, Homebush isn't a white elephant or as big a white elephant perhaps as Eastern Creek, but it's certainly an underutilised facility. And the option was nothing. It was this event or there's nothing in Sydney. Fiat supercars don't want that, but obviously the state government wants to have some draw cards into the uh, state after the football season has finished. Homebush event is apparently New South Wales' largest single sporting event. And uh, forget motorsport or or whatever makes it up, it is a large event, and that's something that is valuable to uh, any economy, really. And uh, sure, they could have invested a whole heap of money into uh, Eastern Creek trying to create that same sort of magic there. And I suspect the price tag would have been a whole lot higher uh, without the same uh, the same results in terms of crowd and, and the international interest in the event, uh, that venue uh, somehow doesn't have an X factor that gets crowds in. Uh, whereas uh, you know, Homebush, it does have the X factor. It's got a, uh, a jolly big stadium there that has uh, you know, Olympic heritage, and it's a perfect venue for big concerts. Uh, it's got the railway infrastructure right there to the door. It's a it's a venue that just works for a big event. Uh, now, the fact that it's a motorsport event is a bonus for people with our interest, and uh, I, I just don't think it's a, a valid debate to say that uh, all this money should have spent, spent with Eastern Creek instead. The other thing that uh, interests me in terms of the dollars and cents of it all is that the, the model for this one is a bit different to the traditional uh, one where a city opens up its checkbook and uh, writes out huge checks to, have, to bring a, a, a street race to town. And that's because V8 Supercars itself is a major stakeholder as the promoter. It wears uh, the early losses in setting the, the thing up, uh, and it also benefits in profits uh, when it is successful. But what that means for the people of New South Wales is that uh, their risk was capped, uh, their main investment was in terms of setting the thing up in year one, uh, and a lot of that infrastructure gets moved away, but it gets put back in place year after year after year. Uh, I suspect that the uh, future renewals will be a whole lot cheaper for the, uh, the for the people of New South Wales because a lot of the expensive stuff has already been built. Uh, it'll be a very interesting business case uh, to look at for those future renewals. Lockie, you said in the uh, beginning of this discussion that you weren't happy with 
the uh, idea of Homebush, but after you've been to two events, is your opinion still the same? Well, I will admit that Homebush has been a very popular event and it's generated lots of great atmosphere. We've had the great concerts, we've had fairly high spectator numbers from all reports. So I suppose it's a question from a government, from a political point of view, of weighing up the economic benefit of an event such as the Homebush Street Race and the popularity and the exposure that that generates versus the social benefits of putting that same funding into a circuit like Eastern Creek where you can do driver training, which does have social benefits such as improving road safety and also uh, supporting club-level motorsport. So it's an interesting debate, and I don't think it's one that will go away because after reading the uh, Daily Telegraph website today and also some of the motorsport forums, fans, motorsport fans and non-motorsport fans seem polarised as to whether or not the Homebush Street Race is a good thing. People seem to be either strongly in favour of it or strongly against it. You don't find many people sitting on the fence. Yeah, Lockie, I think that uh, you, you raise a, a, an interesting point about making an investment in a facility that can be used for driver training and education and all those very valuable things and, and also being available year-round for club racing and, and other parts of the, the sport that we love. Uh, we've already got that with Eastern Creek in its current configuration. I think that the point that I'm focusing on is the need to invest tens upon tens of millions of dollars to turn Eastern Creek into a venue that will attract 160,000 people. Uh, I, I don't think it stacks up from that viewpoint, uh, and we already mm. satisfy the, the the need for driver training kind of facilities. Uh, because Do we know? Because if I can just interrupt you there. Do we satisfy the need for driver training facilities? Because with the loss of Oran Park, Eastern Creek is way oversubscribed, and I would suggest that in Sydney there's now a pretty major shortage of driver training facilities. You have got the one at Picton, Gary Wilmington's circuit, which is just out of town, and uh, I, I have to say it's all well and good to say that, uh, and it sounds like I'm get, we're ganging up on you, Lockie, but it's not the case, but I'm just being pragmatic. Vet supercars don't put an event at Homebush, those tens of thousand dollars that went into that event aren't going to be spent at Eastern Creek anyway. It's consolidated revenue. It would go to, you know, the Red Bull Air Race or the whatever event that happened to come along to, uh, you know, capture the, the attention of the government. So it's not as if it's taken money away from motorsport. You're right, though. There is still a funding gap in motorsport in most states. And... Uh, after the break, we're going to talk about one that seems to be riling up the people of Adelaide when the V8 Insiders returns. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. To ask a question of the V8 Insiders, just email them at v8insiders at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Craig Lance from Team Vodafone, and you're listening to V8 Insiders. Well, it's been a very stirring debate here so far on the V8 Insiders as Lachlan Mansell and Peter Norton join us, and the Adelaide motorsport fans are talking about protesting a motorsport race. Lucky, that sounds amazing. It's normally the people who don't want it that make all the noise. 
Yeah, um, I haven't heard too many details other than uh, what I read yesterday in one of the, in fact, my own motorsport publication. Apparently it's some drag racing enthusiasts and uh, some fans of more grassroots levels of motorsport who are not happy with... Um, presumably it's uh, some decisions that have been made by the South Australian state government and so um, from all reports they feel they're not being taken seriously so they've decided to protest on a weekend where it's really going to hurt the government a lot. Peter, does this make sense? Won't all the people interested in motorsport be inside the motorsport precinct? Um, It's an interesting one to... uh, uh use one of your icon showcase events that helps get people involved and interested in in motorsport you know, using that as a platform to embarrass the government uh, into uh, you know, investing more into facilities that are you know, off that size um, I, I think there, there is a, a distinction between what we've just uh, debated for Sydney uh, and the situation in Adelaide and that is uh, in Adelaide the uh, alternative uh, permanent facilities are uh, a bit further away, way out in in Malala, and it doesn't have a drag strip uh, that I'm aware of. And the old Adelaide International Raceway, um, I haven't heard much about it for quite a few years. I I understand that it's in a a bit of a state of disrepair, uh, and uh, budding drag racers in South Australia uh, have a jolly long way to travel to be able to uh, enjoy the sport that they love. Um, So I think the the situation is interesting there. Uh, What is the best way to raise the profile for the need for that investment in facilities? Um, Yeah, uh, yeah, bring it to to where the crowd is uh, is interesting, but it could alienate uh, the the key supporter. The South Australian government uh, has supported motorsport over quite a a long while, um, and uh, I'm not sure if this is the right way to do it. Yeah, well, I tend to agree with Peter on that one. You don't want to upset motorsport supporters because uh, they might it might come back to bite you. It might backfire. So I think the protesters need to be very careful the way that they go about this in order to achieve their objectives. Mm. It is interesting times ahead. There's no doubt about it. When politics and motorsport get involved, of course, uh, Tony credited him credit the motorsport fraternity with the return of the Labor government up there in Queensland a, a few years ago. And, well, it's always interesting bedfellows from my point of view. Guys, let's talk about changes in the rules around red flags. Last year we saw a red flag had you excluded from the rest of the qualifying session. Now it gets you excluded from the qualifying session. Full stop, you're starting at the back of the queue. How much is this rule change really going to get people nine-tenths instead of eleven-tenths in qualifying, Peter? Oh, I think this one's tricky. Uh, and I'm a little unclear on, on what the proposed or the, what the actual changes are. Um, you, you spot on last year if you uh, went out there and put in an absolute screamer and uh, uh, banked the, an excellent time, and then the next lap you tried to do one better but ended up in the, uh, in the sand trap red-flagging the session... Um, then uh, you just you were left still with that time standing, so you still qualified reasonably well. What they're trying to do is to make sure that there is a, a very real penalty for the uh, the person that is the, the nuisance interrupting the session. Um, what I'm not clear on is um, they will definitely exclude your fastest time, but what about your second fastest time? Does that one still stand? No, no, you are excluded from the session. 
you and you that's it you're at the back of the field oh okay i i stand corrected then well you're probably sitting but that's fine <laughs> lucky your thoughts on this what seems like a very harsh penalty for something that well i guess it is in your control but not always I think one of the effects that we'll see from this, Craig and Peter, is that drivers will try and bank all that time early in the session, whereas previously you would see them save their best until the very dying stages of the session. I think most of the drivers will try and achieve a good lap time earlier on in the session in case there is that red flag situation. But I think the reason that this has been introduced is to deter people from the Michael Schumacher Formula One scenario that we saw back in, I think it was 2005 or 2006, the Monaco Grand Prix, where Michael Schumacher, having set the fastest time in the session, allegedly then deliberately stopped on the racetrack, causing a red flag so that nobody could beat his time. Um, it's Well, that's the, the rule as it current stands, but now you're going to have all your times thrown out. I think this is getting pretty harsh, and It'll be interesting to see how the drivers react to it once we get to Clipsal, which is a notoriously hard place to get around in the first place. Gas and Go is up next. Gas and Go is brought to you by the V8 Race Experience. Find out how you can drive at Bathurst this Easter at v8race.com.au. Well, that's interesting. We've got another long break. We weren't supposed to have long breaks in the season. Ah, well, it depends on if you think that the season started or not. Some uh, Australian fans who uh, are not so keen on the offshore uh, commencement to the season, they would argue uh, loud and clear that it hasn't started yet. Well, we were supposed to have the Bahrain Grand Prix, which would have made the break not so long, but given the political unrest that's happening over in Bahrain at the moment and the fact that as a result of that they've had to cancel the Formula One Grand Prix, it's probably ended up being a blessing in disguise that, in fact, we're not going to Bahrain this season. Mm, Hopefully Qatar and Singapore are all going to be fairly stable sort of environments in 2012. Mother Energy Drinks have announced Richard Lyons to be teaming up with Jonathan Webb, a man who has finished every lap of every race he started. Is that going to change when he gets the lion on the line, Lockie? I don't think it will. I think uh, Richard Lyons' past form in V8 supercars is very impressive. He came fifth in the 2008 Bathurst 1000, driving alongside Alan Simonson. Actually, was it 07 or 08? I think it was 07, in fact, um, that he came fifth driving alongside Alan Simonson in the second of the 888 Motorsport entry. So um, even though he hasn't had a lot of experience in V8 supercars, the experience that he's had, he's been very impressive. So yes, I think he's a good choice by Jonathan Webb's team. Peter? I remember someone having a a wager of a a dinner with uh, another person in the media uh, and uh, about the the results that that team might have had in 2007. Uh, So uh, Craig, I I think you were a bit of a fan of Richard Lyon uh, and he delivered that dinner for you. So uh, uh, I think he's a, a safe pair of hands. No, he didn't deliver the dinner for me because Luke West threw that wrapping paper out over the track and they finished 11th instead. Oh. Uh, sorry, they f- finished, I said top five, uh-huh. and I think they finished 11th. But yes, Luke West, we haven't forgotten. Ah, uh, yes, we haven't forgotten at all. Um, back, to, back to the question, I think he's a safe pair of hands. And uh, keep in mind that Jonathan Webb, uh, his performance in last year's uh, 
uh, V8 Supercar Championship was around reliability. Uh, that team knows how to, uh, to get to the end of races. Uh, I think it's uh, a very good combination. Frosty is featuring in a new Bolle sunglasses commercial saying that uh, don't forget your eye safety when you're driving. Is this just another way Marinelli has got Frosty out there? Oh, uh, they've, they've done a good job. Frosty is very high profile. Uh, no doubt uh, people have seen him on the Rexona uh, you know, Greatest Athlete show and he's, he's doing a fair job there too. Uh, so uh, yeah, very good uh, work for, for that team. Uh, and uh, I think it's always great to see uh, our V8 supercar stars uh, out in the mainstream media. Paul Marinelli's obviously a very accomplished driver manager. He's done a very good job with Mark Winterbottom and uh, he's managing David Russell now as well. So I'm looking forward to seeing David Russell appear in some commercials and promotional events in the future as well. Mm, David Russell is becoming a more and more high-profiled Fujitsu Series driver. The Fujitsu Series, Miles Racing, has got new looks. We've seen in the NASCAR Series, to protect the Development Series, they're making drivers sign up for one of their three championships. They're not stopping the big drivers from getting into a, uh, into a Development Series car. Finally, is it time for V8 Supercars to do the same thing to help the Fujitsu Series kick along? Lockie? Well, we haven't yet seen a driver try and contest both the V8 Supercar Championship and the Fujitsu Series on a full-time basis. We have seen endurance drivers get miles up in the Fujitsu Series, but until we actually see teams trying to run drivers full-time in both the main game and the Fujitsu Series, I don't think there's any need for that just yet. Peter? Uh, I think it's a question of prize money. If the Fujitsu Series had very attractive prize money that you could uh, you know, run a few races and make some big profits... Uh, then there would be the uh, interest from the, the top teams and the top drivers to take uh, what they would perceive to be a step back. Um, I, I don't think the budget stacks up and I don't think the egos would allow uh, the main game drivers to uh, you know, go back to Fujitsu just for experience and, uh, and the prestige. Finally, Murph's over in New Zealand now doing a lot of fundraising I guess our thoughts go out to everyone in Christchurch this week as hopefully the V8 supercars can show their support to our New Zealand neighbours once again. Peter? Uh, yes, the, our New Zealand neighbours provide a great deal of support to uh, V8 supercars. Uh, I think it's great that uh, V8 supercars and, and all those involved can uh, you know, help support them in a time of need as well. Lucky. New Zealand certainly had its fair share of disasters over the last couple of years with the mining disaster last year and now the earthquakes which have just happened this week so yeah anything V8 supercars can do to support obviously uh, what's quite a large amount of support for the series from New Zealand um, is definitely going to be valuable. That's Gas and Go for another week. Gas and Go is brought to you by the V8 Race Experience. Find out how you can drive at Bathurst this Easter at v8race.com.au well, guys, thanks very much for your time. It's always a pleasure to catch up with you, Peter Norton and Lachlan Mansell, and look forward to catching you both at Clipsal very soon. Yes, very much looking forward to it. Thanks, Craig. Yes, thanks, Craig. Good to be on the program and uh, certainly triggered some interesting, bait, um, interesting debate tonight. Find out more about your favourite supercar teams and drivers when we go inside further on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars.
Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. You're listening to V8 Insiders. On this week's White Flag Lap, David Reynolds talked about his fitness regime and what he has been doing to keep himself race ready while not in the car. Yeah, um, I take this this part pretty seriously. There's two ways you can you can look at racing a car. There's the, the car perspective, and then there's the athlete inside. And I've just got to make myself, you know, the feeling the best I possibly can, the fittest you can be, and more mentally aware than anyone else out there. So I, I do, you know. Last year I took a took a year off, not well, not by choice, by by default, I suppose. And you know, I I really needed to work on my fitness a lot. So I so I set out, and I've been trying to do um like Ironman events, which are triathlon, which are they're you know a really grueling event. I haven't done one yet, but I'm training for one, and I'll probably try and do one at the end of the year. Mm. You're spending a lot of time then running, cycling, swimming. What's the focus for you when you're trying to do that? Because obviously the running and swimming and jogging and cycling are all a means to an end, which is to get you in the car as fit as possible. So what's the focus that you're looking at in each of those disciplines? Um, Well, all my training is based around uh, heart rate. So I've got a special formula that I have to stay within this certain zone and, you know, eventually your body just keep improving its speed in that same zone. So you're really not trying any harder, but you're going a lot faster than I was, you know, 12 months ago. What's the noticeable difference being in the car after you've gone through such a, a long and prolonged discipline of exercise like that? Uh, you just do the races a bit easier. Like I used to get out of the like my first very my very first Adelaide in two thousand nine, um, I was like beyond like buggered beyond repair, and like I couldn't remember doing two pit stops, let alone one. <laughs> I was really delirious and I struggled a lot. And basically, you know, I did the race at Abu Dhabi on the weekend, and I did it pretty easily. Like it was wasn't hot, but high-concentrating track, and I, I think I did okay. What do you have to do to supplement the exercise with diet? Uh, yeah, diet's very important. It's fuel for your body, essentially. So, you know, log, log all your food. You can go as, as far as weighing all your food and, you know, making sure you've got your good ratio of um, fat, carbohydrates, and protein. I'm pretty strict on that. A lot of uh, footballers now are heavily into supplements, dietary supplements, and uh, making sure they get the uh, right balance. And I know um, in football clubs, in particularly AFL clubs, they go to the extreme of they will tailor supplements for the different roles key position players play. So uh, they might be looking for a different set of supplements for a back than a forward, and on-baller needs a different sort of endurance and uh, needs different uh, support there. Is that, Is that something? Like and cousins used to supplement. <laughs> no, I don't think it was the cousins program. But uh... to me, I don't really take much supplements at all. Mm-hmm. The odd protein shake once a day, maybe that's about it. 
What about, uh, of course, when we think of footballers, we think of them in the gym pumping iron and, and yeah. working with medicine balls and that sort of thing. Is that part of your training? I do a little bit of that, maybe twice a week. Not, it's, not, it's not vital to be an endurance athlete. Um, you know, we don't need to carry excess muscle or anything. It's just dead weight to us. How hard can you now go when you're doing your training and what does that result you're talking about it's all based around cardio and uh, sorry not cardio around heart rate yep. and what does that translate to your heart rate in the car because we see your teammate uh, Rick Kelly he's always got the heart rate monitor on and you can see him running up around the 160 170 mark during a race 200 mate <laughs> he's always up around 200 <laughs> um, yeah he's always up around one, yeah, 190 200 which is extremely extremely high you know puts a lot of stress on your body and your brain and what about yourself my, my, uh, well i don't know i haven't done it before but i'm going to try it at um at the test day and see how it goes mm. but it's also it's different in a race situation there's a lot of a lot more things you have to be aware of so obviously your heart rate's going to be a bit higher you spend a bit longer in the car the heat's going to push it up a bit higher as well mm. i noticed um, Sorry, I, I noticed Frosty was about 140 at Abu Dhabi. Yep. Now, that 60 heartbeats per minute is a huge difference. What does that actually translate to a driver in the car if his heartbeat is so much lower? Uh, you make less mistakes. You can think a bit, bit smarter, a bit clearer, and you can probably maximise the car as best you can. Mm. I noticed Will Davison was about the same, similar heart rate, so I reckon it's the... It's their car's performance. You know, it must be a lot easier to drive than the one Rick has been. Mm. Uh, of course, with the uh, with the whole heart rate issue, when we talk about that, the heart rate is how much oxygen is getting pumped around your body. Knowing that you've got a lot of carbon monoxide and a lot of gases that you're breathing in whilst you're in the car, would a lower heart rate mean you're not getting as much oxygen through the body? Um, yeah, well, you wouldn't be breathing as much. We wouldn't need to breathe as much, so you wouldn't be wouldn't be um, inhaling all that bad stuff that we shouldn't be inhaling anyway. But it's made a lot better since they went to E85 yeah. when they used the standard um, premium unleaded. You know, we used to suffer a lot. You have black noses and just from breathing in all the carbon monoxide. My thanks to David Reynolds there. As the checker flag waves over another edition of the V8 Insiders. Till next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.